Hello, and welcome to the Grayson Taylor Podcast, the podcast for young artists and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Grayson Taylor. I'm a published novelist, professional actor, composer, and independent filmmaker. This podcast is all about the creative arts, writing, filmmaking, acting, Lego building, composing, and more, including reviews of the latest films and books. Now let's get into today's episode. Hi, I'm Grayson Taylor. Today, we're debunking 10 writing myths. These are misconceptions about writing that people have, uh, specifically about writing books, novels, uh, and also nonfiction. So I'll be going over 10 of these myths and uh, addressing them and uh, showing you what the actual truth behind them is. Most of these are assumptions that people have about writing, uh, and the, they're just things that once you write a book, you'll find they're actually not really true uh, for the most part. There are some exceptions to these. Sometimes they can be true, but most of the time they're not true at all. So let's dive in, starting with myth number one. This one applies specifically to young writers like myself. So here it is. You're too young to write a novel. So I actually, no one's ever really told me this, but uh, I think it's, it's sort of an assumption. Uh, people, uh, even kids, think that they're too young to write a novel, uh, or, or just a book. I mean, this, this applies to any kind of book, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, novel, novella, short story. I mean, a short story is uh, sort of different because it's, it's not really a book, but um, this is something that can be very limiting for many kids because every kid, pretty much, uh, assuming you can write, you can tell a story, and um, you can make that story into a book. There should be nothing stopping you from writing a book, no matter how old or young you are. Uh, unless you don't like writing, of course. You, I'm not telling you that you have to write a book. Certainly, I'm just saying you can. Uh, I mean, assuming you can write, then uh, if you want to, you can definitely write a book. Uh, write a novel, even. You may already know this, but I wrote my first novel when I was seven. And I'm 14 right now, and I'm working on my uh, seventh and eighth. And of course, I wrote stories, like short books, uh, before I wrote my first uh, 50,000-word novel, um, because obviously that's an important step before writing a novel. Um, and, of course, like I've said before in previous episodes, if you're going to write a book, uh, and this is your first book that you've ever written, don't set out to write a novel. You know, you can listen to my episode on how to write a novel for, uh, for more on that. But, uh, you can, there's, there's no minimum age limit for, uh, for writing a book of any kind. I mean, of course, there is the, uh, the, the one restriction of you have to know how to write. Um, but other than that, you can. Uh, th there's really nothing stopping you from writing a book, assuming you have the means to do it. Uh, that does not mean that your book is necessarily very good, especially if it's your first. Um, it does not mean you should publish it or share it with people. But, um, you know, writing a book, even if you're not going to uh, distribute it or have other people read it, uh, it's still a good thing to do. I think it's it's a very valuable experience uh, just for learning. Uh, you know, it deepens your understanding of both the English language and um, what writers go through, sort of, in the process of writing a book. Um, and more so if it's a longer piece, like a novel, as opposed to just a uh, shorter book, there are so many things you can learn from writing a book, so I would recommend trying it out, uh, unless you really despise writing, uh, and it would just be torture for you. Don't, don't, don't torture yourself. 
But uh, if you enjoy writing, or if you just want to give it a shot, then maybe try writing uh, a short story, if you've never really written much of anything before, and uh, and then eventually maybe try writing a book. Uh, again, either nonfiction or, or fiction, probably fiction, because uh, we tell stories mostly from a young age, and nonfiction is a uh, it's a bit different. I mean, it can be. It's often about stories. Uh, it can be in the form of a, a memoir and a biography, a historical book, or, or anything like that. A cookbook, even. But um, <laughs> I know I wouldn't write a cookbook, but you know, maybe you will. And that's that's a pretty different kind of writing, though. Also, the earlier you start, the more of a head start you'll have over uh, basically everybody else. Um, you know, in, in your field or in your generation, I mean, you'll have a lot more experience than other writers your age when you're older, um, and, you know, it, it can never hurt to start early, especially with this kind of thing. I mean, I've had uh, plenty of experience by this point, um, and uh, it's, it's really helped you know, to have started when I was, you know, six or seven uh, writing books and also, most writers, most very famous and successful authors, didn't start writing until they were in their 20s or 30s or 40s or even 50s. So imagine where you could be uh, if you start writing when you're, say, 10, 9, 8, 7, maybe even 6. And when I say writing, I mean not just like writing in a notebook or something. I mean like, you know, writing a book, uh, maybe even writing a novel writing something that's not uh, necessarily just for you or your own purposes or anything like that, but maybe also uh, to share with others or to help others or to inspire others or something like that. The more of a head start you have, the, the better. And the more experience you have, the better. So definitely start as early as you can. The best time to uh, start writing is, well, from the moment you could write, uh, but if you can't do that, then start writing now. Write your first book uh, right now, however old you are. And if you are an expert in a specific topic, say you're like really, really good at um, coding or something, you could write a book about that. Uh, I mean, it would probably be nonfiction, but you could also base a fiction story off of that. You could write about a coder who goes on uh, this journey to, uh, I don't know, you, you can make it up. But books are one of the best ways to share knowledge with people and communicate your, uh, your ideas and your stories and uh, the, the things that you have to share with the world that can help other people. And if you are a young writer, especially if you're writing a novel, then I would definitely uh, recommend checking out uh, NaNoWriMo's Young Writers Program. You may have already heard of NaNoWriMo, which stands for National Novel Writing Month. And so they have a kid's version of that, uh, specifically for people 18 and under, uh, and so you can go to their website, I have a link to that in the description, and, uh, you know, there you'll find other young writers, and you can, uh, they have, like, it's a website where you can um, set a word count goal and, and a, a time goal, uh, and, I mean, you can, you can set your own uh, parameters for, for how long it's going to take you, but they also have uh, specified months. They have like Camp NaNoWriMo, which is in summer and spring, and then there's the official National Novel Writing Month, which is in November, and uh, that's when 
a bunch of people around the world um, try to write a novel. I think probably most of them don't, but, uh, you know, it's definitely worth a shot, and a lot of them do, and so uh, you could be one of those, and so you can just go to that website, uh, and there you can uh, start writing your own novel. So I think we've talked more than enough about this myth. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that it's not true. Uh, you're never too young to write a book. So let's move on to myth number two. And this one is, is, is uh, it's sort of right in some ways, but it's, it's mainly uh, wrong when it is misinterpreted. So here it is. It's write what you know. And basically what a lot of people think this means is uh, you can't write about Antarctica if you've never been there. Or you can't write from the point of view of a character of the opposite gender. Uh, I've, I've actually done both of these, you know, uh, if you've read my books. Ice Lords takes place in Antarctica, which I've never been to. And uh, the entire Fallen Nation trilogy, as well as a few other short stories that I've written, are from the point of view of uh, a woman. And the, the problem with this is not that it's wrong, because uh, interpreted correctly, it is right. But uh, it can often be misinterpreted as oh, I can't write about this place or this person or this time period because I've never been there or I don't know what it's like. And, well, that's actually true, sort of, uh, part of it. The uh, I don't know what it's like part. Because if you don't know what a place or a person or a time period is like, then no, you can't really write about it, especially if it's a real place. If it's a fictional place, then uh, th this this doesn't really apply to that because... You're making it up. So, yeah, you know it. You know it better than anyone else because you created it. Uh, but you just, uh, if it's a fictional world, you have to understand it well enough to write well about it. But assuming you're in a real-world location or a real uh, time period or a real person or uh, just a, a type of person that actually does exist, then uh, you do need to be familiar with uh, this, whatever it is you're writing about. And so... Research is key here. You definitely need to research a lot about whatever it is you're writing about. Otherwise, your readers might uh, be a bit frustrated that you don't actually know what you're talking about, or writing about in this case. Uh, so definitely do plenty of research if you're writing about something that does exist. For example, if your character goes to Paris and you've never been to Paris, definitely look at some pictures of Paris, uh, get some books on Paris, um, you know, learn everything you can about what Paris looks like, what it feels like, um, everything that goes on in Paris so that you are well-equipped to write about your character in Paris. Of course, that's just an example. That applies to all sorts of things. It applies to p time periods, uh, types of people. Uh, be familiar, familiar enough with whatever it is that you're writing about that you can give sufficient detail not just be like, uh, Paris was pretty, and there was the Eiffel Tower, and, uh, the main character stayed in a hotel, and then left. You know, <laughs> that's, that's so vague, uh, it's sort of clear that you don't know what it's actually like. So, um, be familiar enough with your location, or your time period, or whatever it is you're writing about, to be able to put in realistic details that are correct, Otherwise, some people might realize that they're wrong and uh, sort of be annoyed at you for that. Uh, you don't want readers to th throw down your book because you uh, you spelled the name of a city wrong or something like that. So 
to wrap it all up, you certainly can write about a place you've never been to, or a time period you've never lived in, or a type of person that you've never been, or maybe even met. Uh, because if you do enough research, then you should be good to go. And definitely fact check, especially if it's a real place, and if it's a fictional world, know it well enough, develop it to the extent that you can uh, put in plenty of realistic details, uh, or quote-unquote realistic, you know, it's not really realistic, but uh, this also applies to things like uh, what happens when a character is wounded, you know, just factual things that apply over all worlds and time zones and people, you know, just know what happens uh, when a certain thing happens to a character. For example, in Fallen Nation, uh, there is a point in the in the first book where um, Ash has to do sort of surgery, sort of, uh, to remove a bullet uh, from another character's uh, leg. And so um, it, it's not, like, terribly embedded or anything, but uh, she she has to, you know, get it out um, and he- heal the wound. Um, so originally what I had written was was not <laughs> correct at all in terms of how you should treat a wound like that or uh, the steps necessary because um, originally they uh, Ash was treating the wound with like completely uh, just dirty materials and if you do that your characters are going to die because they got a disease or something you know the uh, the tools have to be sterile so I ended up going back and rewriting it they found a uh, a medical kit that the authorities um, had, and so she used that, uh, and that was a lot better because that was more factually accurate. Because you cannot treat a wounded patient with um, uh, tools that are not sterile, or else they're gonna die, which I did not want to happen at this point. Uh, so that that's just an example of of why uh, you need to get the facts right and check uh, to make sure that everything that's happening lines up with reality. Okay, so now on to myth number three. And this is, if your idea is not completely original and new, then it's not good. The problem with this is that there really is no idea that is completely new or original. Basically, all of our ideas for books, films, pieces of art, everything that we make uh, is inspired by other things. It's the, there's no such thing as a completely original idea in the human mind. We, we take things from other pieces of art, from our world. You know, there, there's no way to create anything that is completely original. It's just, it can't happen. So uh, that's pretty clear. You know, there's, there is no such thing as a completely, utterly original and new idea or piece of art, or story, or book, whatever it is. So uh, don't let that stop you from writing your book. Now, this is not to say that you should copy different things. Don't, like, take different characters and different worlds and mash them up together to create some book and then give it to people. You know, that's that's not good. Uh, I guess that could be sort of a form of fan fiction, but I don't do fan fiction. I'm not a fan of fan fiction. Um, but I guess fanfiction is, uh, is a way to improve your writing skills, but, you know, I, I always like writing a, your own story more. But getting back to this myth, 
all ideas are basically combinations of pre-existing ideas. You know, all pieces of art are sort of, uh, they're inspired by other pieces of art and things in the world. So do not get hung up on this idea of originality, but don't completely throw it out the window. You know, don't, don't copy other pieces. Don't, uh, don't just like steal the plot of another book because you think it would work well in your world or your story. Don't do something like that. Don't write something that's already written. Um, definitely be sure that you are creating something that is as new and original as you can make it, but just remember that there is really no such thing as a completely original idea. So now on to myth number four. This is, you can't make a living off of writing. And this one is sort of, um, it actually doesn't really apply that much to young writers like myself, because at this point, we don't really have to make a living because, you know, we're, we're not living on our own. Uh, so you don't really have to worry about this at this point in your life. But if you do pursue writing, you will eventually uh, have to worry about, you know, paying the bills, things like that. So it is important to, to think about this. And it's important to realize that there are plenty of jobs that can make you uh, sufficient money from writing. And there are plenty of authors who who uh, are just authors and, and they make uh, all their money from writing and, uh, and other related jobs. So there, there are plenty of jobs, uh, like I mentioned before, there are plenty of jobs you can get that relate to writing. Um, and hopefully you enjoy them. If you're a writer, then there, there are a lot of uh, jobs, things you can do uh, to make money from writing. And this won't necessarily mean you get to write your own stuff all the time. You might work for companies at first, you know, writing things for them or, uh, you know, whatever uh, your this job is. But um, there are definitely ways to make money from writing, especially nonfiction writing. You can charge a lot more for a shorter book uh, with nonfiction writing. With fiction writing, it's harder to do that, so it's harder to make as much money off of fiction writing, but uh, you can still do it. You know, J.K. Rowling, I'm pretty sure, was the first billionaire author or something like that, and she wrote fiction, children's books. All right, so on to myth number five. This is, getting your book published takes a lot of time and money. And this is actually true if you are traditionally publishing, and traditionally publishing is what most authors use. It's you submit your book to a bunch of publishing houses, houses and they either reject you or they accept your book and uh, they publish it. But, you know, we're kids and um, uh, I, I haven't ever really considered the traditional publishing method because uh, it does take a lot of time, it does take a lot of money, um, and even if you do get a publishing deal, it takes quite a while for it to actually get into stores. I'm probably going to go more into uh, publishing in later episodes, but uh, publishing does not have to take a whole lot of time and money. What I do is I self-publish, and a lot of authors are doing this now because, uh, well, for multiple reasons. Um, it, you don't have to deal with publishers, and, and you have all the creative control, and uh, your royalties are a lot higher, so you get a higher percentage of the money from uh, each book sale, and um, it's a lot faster. You can get your books into stores a whole lot faster than traditional publishing. 
So what I use is Kindle Direct Publishing, which is free, it's really fast and easy. It's Amazon's self-publishing service, and you can just go to kdp.amazon.com. That's uh, The link for that is in the description. And just go there, and you can self-publish a book in minutes. It's really fast, and I would really recommend it for uh, for any writers, really, because it's uh, it's very easy and uh, cost-efficient. Um, it costs nothing. Uh, and so I recommend this for kids, especially. So clearly getting your book published does not have to take a whole lot of time and money. So now on to myth number eight. This is, writing is a great way to become rich and famous. So, uh, well, it's, that's not really true. I mean, you can become rich and famous because of writing, but that's not uh, common, and you should never set out uh, with that as your main goal. If that is your objective when you start writing a book, then the book's probably not going to be very good. And I just don't write just to become rich and famous. And books don't don't get you a whole lot of money anyway, um, unless you're, you know, J.K. Rowling, in which case you're a billionaire. But, um, you know, that that's very rare. Um, and so... Yeah, definitely don't make that uh, your objective. Write a good book and just do the best you can with that. And maybe you will uh, make uh, a decent amount of money off of that. Maybe you will um, get plenty of readers and uh, it'll be a success. But, you know, just when you're writing the book, write the book to make it good because that's really the most important thing when you're writing a book. Alright, so on to myth number seven. All you have to do is write the book and people will buy it. So this this is not true at all. Uh, because you have to do a lot of marketing if your book is ever going to be read by pretty much anybody. Uh, so especially if you're self-publishing, which I'm assuming you are, uh, you're definitely going to need to do a lot of marketing. Even if you are traditionally published, you still have to market your book because your publisher's usually don't do much for you. They get your book out there, and they don't do a whole lot in terms of marketing most times. Uh, there are some publishers, I'm sure, that do a decent amount of marketing, but for the most part, if you're self-published, uh, or even if you're traditionally published, uh, you will need to market your own books. And so this can be things like posting on different social media platforms. It can be, uh, you know, uh, promoting it on all sorts of places, YouTube, um, and telling your friends and family about it, uh, emailing people, uh, maybe getting a website together, um, and creating an email list, things like that, to spread the word about your writing and your book. Uh, so definitely there's a lot more to creating a successful book than just writing it, because writing it is the first step, but then you need to, well, first edit it and uh, proofread it and get readers to give you feedback on it, things like that. And then once it's published, you need to get readers, and uh, that is going to require some work on your part. And if you don't like marketing, uh, you may not love this part, but you know it, it's, it's, it's to help your book. It's to help people find your book and read your book. Uh, so it should be worth it in the end. All right, now moving on to myth number eight. This is all writers have to be alone all the time. So this isn't necessarily true. I mean, most writers do write alone, 
but uh, if you do like being around people and you like working with people and you despise being alone and writing by yourself or uh, you just don't feel like you're uh, able to work very well alone, uh, then there you can still write um, and not always be alone. Because, for example, right now I'm writing Dark Waters with my sister, Ella. So that's the first book that I've co-written. And there are lots of authors who co-write books with other authors. So you can definitely co-write a book with a friend or a family member, someone uh, who is hopefully a good writer, uh, and hopefully you can agree with this person. Uh, I would definitely be careful when you're selecting someone to co-write a book with, especially if you're writing a novel together or something like that. It's going to take a lot of collaboration, but if you enjoy collaboration, then definitely do that. Uh, and if you think you don't like collaboration or you would like to just work by yourself, uh, that's great too. That's what I do most of the time, and I, I honestly sort of prefer it. But um, I would actually recommend trying it out maybe. Uh, try co-writing a, a short piece with someone else or collaborating with them on a probably a short writing piece or maybe even a longer writing piece if you want to go for that. But uh, just be careful in, in selecting who you're going to write it with and be sure that you're not going to get too annoyed with them or anything like that. And remember that you're not completely alone. You know, there are other young authors and writers out there. Uh, you can go to the, uh, the NaNoWriMo Young Writers Program where you'll find plenty of uh, other young writers um, and they have a forum on there that's, uh, if you're over uh, 13, uh, you can go on there and uh, find out what other young authors are doing and writing uh, if you want. Um, and yeah, so you don't uh, always have to be alone or uh, solitary in your writing pursuits, so just keep that in mind. Alright, now myth number nine, uh, they're sort of, it's sort of two in one. Uh, the first part of number nine is that you can't do anything about writer's block. It's a natural and common thing that's outside of your control. And part two of this uh, myth is uh, you also have to wait for inspiration to strike before you can write. So these are sort of related, and uh, they're both um, myths about writing and um, things that can block your writing. So uh, starting with the, the first part of this, Writer's block, um, man, this this is something that's talked about a lot, but I don't, I mean, there's some people who believe in it, some people who don't. It's sort of funny because it's like uh, people can't agree on whether it actually exists or doesn't. Um, but writer's block, um, assuming it does exist, I, I don't think it's anything that's really necessarily out of your control. Uh, there are so many things that you can do to stop this so-called writer's block. I've never really dealt with writer's block. Um, I, uh, you know, ideas come to me pretty freely. I've never, uh, had trouble coming up with what to write next. So, uh, and even if I have briefly, it's, I've just, you know, uh, think about it. Um, definitely maybe take a walk. Taking a walk can, can almost always help, um, assuming it's not, you know, freezing outside or something, uh, and, um, you know, sleep on it, think about it a lot, maybe ask a trusted friend or family member, uh, tell them your predicament, and, uh, ask if they have any advice for where the story should go from there. Um, 
and yeah, uh, just write more, write, write whatever comes to you. There, there are plenty of solutions for uh, writer's block if it does exist, and hopefully you won't ever have to experience that. Um, I, I know I haven't really had any trouble with writer's block, but it is a thing that many authors have uh, said they've experienced, and I feel like it's, it's more of a mental thing, a mental block that you perhaps unintentionally put uh, because you maybe are tired of writing or uh, your brain is just sort of sick of working with these characters or this, this topic or something like that. Uh, so just do something to refresh yourself, uh, make the idea fresh and, and new in your mind and, and don't get too tired of writing about this one thing. So take a break if necessary. Um, you know, uh, do something different uh, in your writing routine to uh, bring some uh, freshness uh, to spark some creativity to help you overcome uh, this if you do have some difficulty getting around uh, where you are in the story. And then part two of this uh, myth number nine is, uh, like I already said before, you also have to wait for inspiration to strike before you can write. So this is basically assuming that there's like some magical force that's just gonna, boom, strike you with an idea at some point, and then you'll just write. That doesn't happen. I mean, there are sort of lightning bolt inspiration moments where uh, you see something or, or you think something or it's just something occurs to you and then you're like, yes, I want to write about that or uh, that would work great in the story. But those, um, don't rely on those. Don't use uh, like waiting for one of those as an excuse to not write. Just write. Writing, uh, I mean... <laughs> There's, there's really no simpler way to say this. Like, writing is writing. Uh, there's no other way you can write except for writing. I mean, it's, it's crazy how simple it is, and yet a lot of people just get caught up on waiting for inspiration to strike. Don't wait for inspiration to strike. Go out and seek inspiration. And if you're not finding inspiration, just write. Write anything. You can start out writing some random thing, writing a journal, and then maybe you'll... You'll, uh, you'll end up, by the end of your writing session, uh, writing your first novel or something like that. You know, it uh, inspiration is not something that is um, like some, some magical being outside of you that you have to wait for. You have to seek it out, and uh, if you're not finding it, um, and maybe before you're finding it while you're searching for it, just start writing start it as soon as you can. It doesn't really matter if you don't have what you think is the perfect idea. You just need to start. And so that's that's the best advice I think I can give for um, for finding inspiration and waiting for inspiration writer's block. You just have to start writing, whatever it is. Just write, and eventually, hopefully, you'll come up with something that works for your book. So now we've reached the 10th and final myth, and that is that writing is always hard. Uh, and I guess this is perhaps a view taken by some uh, pessimistic writers or just people who don't like writing. Um, for me, writing has never really been hard. I mean, there are difficult things about it, I guess. Like, there are, there are some times when I've written sort of a, a complex web that I've had to untangle myself because sometimes that's because I didn't plot it out. Um, and, uh, you know, there are 
times when it, it is challenging and I do have to think about this one thing a lot to figure out a solution. Um, but, you know, I've, I've always enjoyed it. I think it's partially due to the fact that uh, I started when I was seven and I, I just, I was not forced to write a novel. I just chose to. I don't actually really know why. I just had an idea. And so I wrote uh, a novel and, uh, and I loved it. And so I just kept doing it and no one ever told me that I had to do that. And I think that's part of why I love it so much. It's, it wasn't something that was ever forced upon me. Um, and so, you know, don't beat yourself up to write a novel. That's not the way to foster a love for writing. Um, and, you know, writing may seem hard for you now, but I think the more you do it and, uh, the more you, uh, have a, a healthy relationship with, uh, the craft, uh, the more you'll like it. Um, I mean, personally, every time I write a book, I like writing more and more. It's just, um, it's sort of like a, uh, uh, one of the, the best addictions uh, a person could have. It's not, <laughs> that, that's not a very good word, but, you know, it's, it's something that I love doing, and hopefully you'll love doing it too, um, if you don't already. And, uh, again, don't force yourself to write. Don't force yourself to like writing. That's not going to work. Uh, just only write if, if you like writing, if you, uh, and maybe you have an idea and you don't like writing, but you feel like you have to write this book because you have such a good idea. Well, you can, I mean, there are a few options. Uh, you could, uh, find someone who really likes writing and give them this idea. And maybe you could just, uh, say, Hey, do you want to write a book about this? And, uh, you know, you could be credited as having the original idea or something, but they could actually be the person who executes that. Or you could just try writing, and maybe you'll find that you actually like it a lot more than you think you did. Because uh, it's amazing what a little uh, writing by yourself, just, um, you know, that no one forced upon you, what, what that can do. Because you, you can fall in love with writing if if you're not forced to do it, uh, you know, if, if you just start of your own accord and, uh, write what you want. And, uh, it can, it can really be a, an, uh, an amazing experience. And yeah, so I, I've always loved writing. Uh, I hope you do too, but if you don't, that's fine. I mean, uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's fine. Plenty of people don't like writing. Uh, and there are also plenty of people who used to not like writing, but now they do. So just try out writing. And if you don't already love it, maybe you one day will. Uh, you know, it, it, writing takes a lot of practice, and uh, if you don't love it, it can be work. Uh, if you do love it, it's a whole lot of fun. Uh, so try it out and see what you think, and maybe it'll grow on you if you don't already like it. So there you have it. There are 10 common writing myths and their answers and the, the truth about uh, these, these myths and, and why they're wrong and uh, what you can do to get past these myths and misconceptions. So you can write uh, your own book and do it well. Make sure to listen to my other episodes on writing, uh, and I'm sure you'll find those helpful if you're writing your first novel or a nonfiction book, whatever it is. Uh, you'll find plenty of other helpful tips in my other episodes. Drop things up, let's go back through all of the 10 misconceptions and myths. Number one is, you're too young to write a book. And I addressed that and pointed out that, you know, I wrote my first novel when I was seven. Anyone can write a book. It does, there's no restriction on your age uh, in terms of writing. 
Number two is write what you know, and this is just a misconception, a misunderstanding. Uh, and the important thing here is to do your research when you're writing about places that, or, or time periods or anything that you're not 100% familiar with. Make sure to research that. Number three is that uh, if your idea isn't completely original and new, it's not good. Well, like I said, no idea is completely and originally, uh, is, is not completely original and new. Uh, so don't get hung up on that. Number four is you can't make a living off of writing. There are plenty of writers who write full-time, and that's, that's what they make uh, their living off of. And there's a whole lot of jobs that you can find uh, based around writing. Number five is uh, getting your book published takes a lot of time and money. So with self-publishing, uh, it doesn't really take all of that time and money, and um, it's, it's a lot faster, and I would recommend that for kids. Number six is writing is a great way to become rich and famous. You know, it's just, it's not really. Uh, and if you set out to uh, to achieve that, to become rich and famous from your book, that's not the best. I would not advise doing that to anyone, really. Uh, you might become rich and famous, but that's unlikely, and you shouldn't have that as your main goal, or else the book's probably not going to be very good. Number seven is, all you have to do is write the book, and people will buy it. Because you have to market your book. Uh, your publisher, if you are traditionally published, and you do have a publisher, they're probably not going to do enough marketing for you, if any. And if you are self-published, there's going to be no one doing any marketing. It's just you. You're writing the whole thing. And so definitely do marketing if you want people to read your book. And number eight is that all writers have to be alone all the time. This isn't true because you can co-write books. Uh, you can find other young writers um, who you can connect with and talk to. Uh, and number nine is that you can't do anything about writer's block and you have to wait for inspiration to strike before you can write. This isn't true because writer's block is, is a sort of a fabrication. It's not, it's not something that's insurmountable. Uh, you can overcome it in a variety of ways. And inspiration, you can, you can find it everywhere. And do not wait for inspiration to strike before you start writing. And number 10 is that writing is always hard. And this isn't necessarily true because if you write a lot and if you're doing it uh, out of out of uh, love for the craft and uh, just you know your own uh, desire to to explore that, then uh, eventually, if it's not already enjoyable, it will be. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you uh, you found some new insights into writing and uh, you understand the craft a bit more and you're more equipped to uh, defeat those myths that might stand in your way when you're writing your own book. And if you haven't yet, make sure to follow or subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. And please consider leaving a review. That can be on the forum of my website or on the review section of this podcast. So to all you young entrepreneurs and artists out there, stay creative and have a great week.